702. The car feature. And I'm speaking to Priven Reddy, CEO of Arrakis Automobile. A very good afternoon to you. I thought maybe we lost you for a bit because I know it's so hard getting in and out of those hypercars. <laughs> good afternoon. How are you? Very well. How are you? Tell us about your supercar. What would you like to know? Let's get let's dig into it. Okay, there are others out there: the McLaren P1, the Bugatti Chiron, the Pagani Hoyaya. Oh, no, I didn't say that correctly, did I? Anyway, what's the difference between yours and those? Okay, um, firstly, our vehicle is a fully electric hypercar. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, there, I think what we focused from a design point of view with the hypercar is to really masterfully uh, synthesize a form and function from the aerodynamics offered to increase efficiency um, with the ultra-exclusivity offered. And don't get me wrong, Pagani is an awesome vehicle, the Bugatti is an awesome vehicle, the Kunisek is amazing. Mm. But what we've done with the Arrakis and the Sandstorm especially, is we've tried to keep this ultra-exclusive for the really, really elites out there and created just 20 unique masterpieces where each vehicle is distinctive in it having its own bespoke color that no other owner would ever have a color for this model um, being replicated. Yeah, I mean, I lived in the Middle East and it makes me um, quiver and shake with anticipation thinking of the kind of colors that you could come up with. (laughs) Give us an example. Um, Listen, it could be something as simple as somebody says, hey, listen, I want a pearl white for the car. Something as simple as that. But it means that no other person would have that color or somebody could come in and say, hey, I want this vehicle. You know, I want it in a yellow with gold flakes with, in, in the paintwork. That's something we could do. But the whole concept of it is saying you've gotten to this point where you can, you know, you've made a lot of money in your life. You know, you are who you are and you want to have something unique. Why not make each vehicle bespoke and unique in its appearance to you? So from the exterior paint job to the interior of the car, we've made sure that whatever we deliver to the client is bespoke tune. If that client says, hey, listen, I want, you know, I don't know, pink and yellow seats, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that for him as well. But nobody else will ever have that color combination for the vehicle. And for good reason. I mean, don't you find that you spend hours, years working on this thing of beauty and then somebody says they want, you know, gold on the outside with some pink dollops. Should, don't you ever? Don't you want to just say no? Sorry, no, you, no way. This is why it's by invite only. I mean, you know, there's a, right now we have over 139 folk that have applied for the vehicle globally. We've only accepted one of them so far in, into the program. Why? Um, it's not just a vehicle to say, listen, if you've got a lot of money, you can get in. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people have a lot of money, but not everyone has a lot of class. So um, we're trying to create the bigger picture. The artist is to create a network of having these individuals that are not just car enthusiasts, but they something more than that. And they represent something more than that mm. to society around them. I mean, there could be a lot of people that will come and say, hey, listen, I mean, it happened to us uh, two weeks ago. There were a few people that knew we were launching the vehicle, or three weeks ago, actually. And there was somebody in South Africa that approached us and said, hey, I want to give you guys five million, but I want two of the vehicles. I know it's only going to be two million each, and I know about it. So I'll give you five million and I want both the, the allocations with South Africa and then we, we, we turn them down. Mm. Um, it's not just about people coming in to buy the vehicle. It's got to be the right fit for what we're trying to do in the bigger picture. Okay, so the screening is alive and well. How much money do you need? How much would one cost 
So the base price of the vehicle is $2 million. So it's, you know, about 50% off, almost 50% less than most hypercars out there. Mm. Um, and there's various reasons for that. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we, we can easily push the vehicle price $3 million or $4 million for this vehicle and people will still buy it. But we wanted to, you know, merge this form and function into something that's, for lack of a better word, affordable uh, in, in the hypercar range. Mm. Okay. So uh, you are releasing this, launching this in uh, the Middle East. How many allocations uh, so, will South Africa have? So we're going to be releasing it in 10 locations globally. Each country will have only two of this model. Uh, afforded to them. Okay. So the launch of the vehicle, um, we will have two launches offered. One will be in the UK. It's a UK-based company. And second, just to pay homage to uh, the Middle East, we'll have a secondary launch here as well in, in Dubai. Uh, but for South Africa at the moment, there are only, well, any other country, there's just two allocations for the vehicle. Mm. And tell me, going to a track, will I be able to take my super-duper sexy car onto a track? Yeah, 100%. You can take it anywhere you want to take it. I mean, one of the key things we focused on this vehicle, I, I owned a few supercars in my life, and they're, and they're amazing, you know, they're beautiful uh, pieces of machinery. But the one thing I, I noticed with all the cars that I have, they're very uncomfortable, um, you know, for... It's, it's great, it's beautiful on the outside, mm. but when you actually drive, the car's not really comfortable. And that's something that we wanted to fix uh, in the industry, and I think we've done an amazing job right now with, with the Arca. So yes, you can take it on the track, you can take it and drive it on the street. It's You can use it almost anywhere. Yeah, but the will you still be insured if you take it on the track? Well, that's up to the insurance company. That's going to insure you for it. Okay, but I mean, we know that certain cars can't go on certain tracks. They'll lose their insurance. Tell us about maintenance oh, no, and servicing. How how do you okay, how does so that go about? Do you have to fly in somebody who's got the special skills? No. No, not necessarily. So what we're doing with different partners in different countries, mm. um, like we're in the final stages of discussion with somebody, it's quite a big brand, one of the biggest brands in South Africa. Um, they are going to be partnering with us on the project in South Africa, uh, most likely. And what will happen is their team will come over, we'll train them at our facility, and they will do whatever needs to be done. The great thing about electric vehicles is they aren't as troublesome as regular combustion engines, because there aren't as many moving parts in it. You know, you're not going to have problems with your prop shaft or diff or, you know, clutch, etc. on it. Mm. So there's less moving parts, so it's less prone to, you know, issues arising from that. We're not saying they won't have minor issues now and again, you know, the future isn't written, we don't know what may come up down the line. But whatever it may be, it'll be minor, and they will be, like in South Africa, there will be a presence in uh, Cape Town, Johannesburg, and then Durban mm. for a service of the vehicle. Um, I've got a listener, just the name business, saying that, I mean, basically it's a bit of a scam and a money laundering business. What's your answer to that? Mm, I don't know how is it a scam. We funded the entire project and our, our, with, our, with our Asian partner. Um, it can't really be, uh, I'm, not, I'm not really certain how it could be money laundering in, in, in any which way because, I mean, somebody's paying for a vehicle and we, it's not as though we have priced in the vehicle at $6 million each and we're giving somebody money back from it. It's, it's fairly priced and it's a hypercar. So uh, I, there are going to be people out there that's, you know, comments and it's okay. I mean, I think that's what it is. I mean, Musk, no matter what he does, he's always getting negative comments said about Maybe him. Maybe it's a bit, you know, a bit of jealousy. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot to do. It's a lot to do with that. I mean, and I don't want to say this. A lot to do with that. I mean, you know, a friend of mine said to me, if you go back on, on the internet and you look at Elon Musk in 2010 and 2012 when he was getting involved in Tesla, they all said he's a fraud, he's a scammer, it's a Ponzi scheme, etc. And now the world celebrates him. So I mean, you're going to have that. I think you can't expect to not do things that other people can't do and think that okay, no one's going to be envious of what you're doing. It's okay. It's it's a part of life. And I mean, no matter what industry it is, no matter who you are. I mean, you know, say, people tall, always have something. Tall trees catch the breeze. Uh, I was about to say that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in a, so, yeah. uh, tell us about comfort. I mean, these cars are not really known for their comfort. Yes, ex- exactly. And this is what I said to you. Know, just to reiterate what I said earlier, um, the one, one of the key things we focused on the vehicle is to make sure the vehicle is comfortable. To make sure that when you when you Getting to that vehicle is not just about somebody looking from the outside and saying, oh, it's a great vehicle, but then when the driver gets out, you know, it isn't as comfortable and it's got to just say, yeah, it's an amazing ride because you paid so much for the vehicle. Mm. Uh, we've spent a lot of time making sure that comfort was a huge part of it. Yes, we want to make the vehicle lightweight, but we can still achieve that by uh, and, and make the vehicle comfortable at the same time. Mm. What does this suggest is going to be happening in, say, I don't know, the next 10 years? Okay, so with Arcus, we've got a series of vehicles coming up. We've got uh, six other mod- well, several other modules, uh, models launching over the next 36 months. Um, we're going to have a range of the hypercars now, and then we're pivoting uh, into supercars. Uh, would not, I wouldn't say for the mass market, but uh, each country will have about 10 allocations each for those supercars. We don't ever plan on being a company that's going to try ever to compete with uh, BYD or Tesla, etc., Mm. Uh, we want to have a niche audience for our vehicle. And uh, over the next five years, uh, especially, we plan to have not just the hypercars and supercars under the Arakis brand, but um, within the next, well, under 30 seconds, we will be having a sub-brand of Arakis that will actually develop, will deploy um EV courier vehicles uh, for the mass market. That'll be the only vehicle for the mass market, but those are EV courier vehicles. Uh, but that's going to have a lot of AI and logistics intelligence built into those vehicles. Mm. And what about the safety features and how fast can it go? So the vehicle, there's, there's all quite a few vehicles faster than the vehicle, than the set. It, it only has a top speed of 300 at the moment on this. Uh, but our acceleration is pretty quick. Um, with our prototype, we managed to achieve 1.5 seconds on 0 to 100. And we focused more on enjoying the initial thrill of the vehicle for instant torque and instant you know, acceleration on that, as opposed to building a car at, you know, that goes 550 kilometers. But how often is somebody going to really get a chance to enjoy it at, at those speeds? And I wouldn't advise somebody doing that as well. Mm. That's just my opinion. No. Oh, yeah. uh, George corrected me, and he's absolutely right. Uh, he's saying that I should have asked if the car loses its warranty if it's taken on a track, not insurance. And you are absolutely right, George. I was supposed to say warranty and service okay. plan. Okay. The thing is that with the with the vehicle going on, on to the track, um, it's so the vehicle has got a four-year warranty with a two-year service plan. Um, it's not going to lose its warranty if we take the vehicle onto the track. As I mentioned earlier, it doesn't have that many moving parts. We've rigorously mm. tested it. So with what we're doing at the moment, uh, within that um, may, within the service plan, no, we're not going to avoid the service plan. And within the war- warranty, we are not going to actually avoid that warranty offered 
people are paying that amount of money, we want them to enjoy the vehicles because we believe in what we're building. And I think if something has to break because we haven't done our job properly in making sure, I mean, I hate that when I had my event, Lamborghini Aventador, I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do because everything you want to do, you can void your warranty. And that's mm-hmm. not what that's not what, what we're all about. We want somebody to enjoy the You got it, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Mm. And tell us a bit about the automobile industry right now and, and the one in South Africa. I mean, is it ready for this type of car? What are we setting ourselves up for? And I know I asked you to project for the next 15 years, but how, how are we faring? In terms, in terms of the EV infrastructure for South Africa, it's not anywhere close to where Europe is at the moment uh, mm. or where other countries are, but it's getting there. I think it's inevitable. And whatever we plan to do with, you know, with, with the that we have, we always try to go, you know, where things are going in the next couple of years. I always say, you know, get to where the puck is to be, not to where it is right now. Mm. So us getting it right now, we don't see somebody spending $2 million on this vehicle, as an example, and using it as a daily runaround, unless the person is a bit crazy like me. Mm. Um, <laughs> I like to do that, right? Because you but can. It's not, as a decent <laughs> it's not as a decent way. It's got a 500 kilometer range. They can still use it if they wanted to to do whatever they need to do and get home and, and charge the vehicle again. Um, so yes, infrastructure is not there in South Africa, but I think it is heading that route. With BMW and other brands bringing in more electric vehicles into the market, and BYD is going to come into South Africa with their electric vehicles uh, pretty soon. Um, I, I do see, you know, we're not going to see 50% electric vehicles on the roads in the next five years, uh, but slowly and gradually more and more, Vehicles, I think, are going to go down that route, and the cost of EV vehicles will come down. If we look at for the, you know, for the for the lower for the mid market and the lower LSM, um, it was previously out of the reach to like really buy a really cool electric vehicle, whether it's a Tesla or so forth. Uh, and and prices are coming down on it. Uh, technology is becoming cheaper. There's more companies out there. There's more competition, and and what's great about having more competition is that you know you you, you can start to get things more affordably to you. Mm. And I think one of the one of the companies that's really doing an awesome job in the EV sector uh, and really pushing the drive forward for it is BYD. They're doing a phenomenal job. The vehicles look great, and they are going to make um, EV vehicles more commercialized globally. I've seen it in different parts of the world, and I think that they're doing a great job on it. So, in South Africa, in the next five years, I do see our EV network becoming better. Uh, Hopefully, load shedding is resolved in, in, in the country by then. Yeah, right. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling confident about that. What's the feedback been so far? We've received a lot of positive feedback globally from Russia, Ukraine, uh, Belgium, Netherlands. I mean, today we got quite a few, uh, you know, some good feedback from there already. Uh, in South Africa, we received about 95% good feedback. You know, I don't think any, any brand is ever going to get everything positive said about them. Uh, a lot of people were like doubtful, like, oh, you know what, uh, is this vehicle even going to be out? You know, when is it going to come out? And, and I said to you guys, we're not coming, we're not saying the vehicle is launching in three years or five years, like what other EV companies make an announcement and say in three years. We're saying in a couple of months, you know, before the year ends, you're going to see these vehicles on the streets. Mm. So um, the first vehicle does hit the streets. Uh, it, it will be available at the end of July, most likely, uh, take up, you know, two weeks. Um, it will be up there, and the rollout starts first users as well. Okay, well, so, I wish you the best of luck in your rollout, and I look forward to going for a drive in it at some stage. Proven ready, very good to talk to you. Thank you very much. 
I look forward to inviting you guys over to see the Jekyll once it's in South Africa. Deal. <laughs>